Well, hey, 5.30, it is great to see you. My name is Andrew. I am one of the pastors here at the Bridge Church Macquarie Park. And it really is great to see you because I honestly thought that most people would be at Taylor Swift tonight. But uh, hey, good turnout. Great to have you here with us. And if you are joining us for the first time tonight, the last few weeks we've been looking at that passage we just heard read. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 to 14, and we've been looking at all the blessings that we have if we follow Jesus. We've been looking at all the ways that God has blessed us, all the amazing things God has given us if we follow Jesus. It's such a joyful passage. It's been described as a symphony of salvation because it's just filled with all these beautiful things. All these ways that we have been blessed. And I really hope, uh, if you've been with us the last few weeks, that you've been filled with thankfulness. You've been filled with real thankfulness because you are a spiritual billionaire. You are a spiritual billionaire. What the world can offer you in wealth or success or pleasure, I mean, none of that compares to all the treasure found in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And I really hope you have been filled with joy. Now, this passage, in many ways, as we look at these blessings, is very Trinitarian. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Verse 3 to 6 is the blessings that God the Father has given us. He has chosen us. He has adopted us. Verse 7 to 10, we looked at it last week, is the blessings that God the Son, Jesus, has given us. He's, re he's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. Today, we're looking at verse 11 to 14, and we see the blessings that God the Holy Spirit gives us, because through the Spirit, we are so blessed, and we've received so much. The first blessing that we're going to explore is that you and I, if we're followers of Jesus, we are heirs. We are heirs with an incredible inheritance. In 2022, there was a new phrase invented, Nepo babies. You heard this phrase, Nepo babies? Uh, the, the phrase basically describes children of really famous parents, um, you know, pop stars, celebrities, or parents that are really rich. Uh, and basically, it's the idea that these kids have become famous themselves only because of their parents. And anyway, there's, there's all these kind of conspiracy theories about these Nepo babies because they are everywhere. There's so many of them that I didn't even realize. Miley Cyrus, uh, her father was Billy Ray Cyrus. Haley Bieber, her uncle is Alec Baldwin. Paris Hilton, the list goes on. There's so many of these Nepo babies. And there's debates about, you know, whether it's fair. Is it fair that these people are getting a free pass to fame just because their parents are famous themselves? Is it fair that they inherit fame and glory just because their parents are? Well, in many ways, as a Christian, we are Nepo babies. <laughs> Roll with me here. Um, because we have inherited so much. We have inherited so much, but we can't claim any, any of it for ourselves. None of it is because of our impressiveness or our status or uh, how successful we are. It is all because of who our Father is. It's all because of who our Heavenly Father is and because we are children of God. 
we have inherited so many things and will inherit so many things. And it's all because of Him and His grace and His love. We didn't earn it, but we are an heir. Well, where is this in the passage? In verse 11, uh, if you look down at verse 11, it says this, In Him we were also chosen. Now, the Bible you have in front of you, our church Bibles, the NIV, it is a great translation, fantastic translation. But in this instance, I wish it had used a different word to translate from the original Greek. Because that word chosen actually is talking about how we've received an inheritance. Up on the screen is uh, um, uh, from the CSB translation. And this is how it is translated. In him, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. That's you if you're a believer. You have received an inheritance. You are an heir. Now, what's that inheritance? What's that heir? That, what is it that you're an heir of? Well, it's eternal life. It's the future we have to look forward to of a world free of pain, free of suffering, free of heartache. A world that's coming where there's no more cancer, where there's no more sickness, where there's no more death. A world where we'll be in complete and utter joy, where we'll be safe with God. And sharing in the glory of Jesus. That is what we are looking forward to. That is our inheritance. We are an heir. And this inheritance, you know what it gives us? Hope. Hope. Look at the next verse, verse 12 of your Bibles. Look down, verse 12, it says this. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. The fact that we have this inheritance to look forward to gives you and I something that everyone needs. It's hope. You know, every person needs hope. We can't really survive without hope. I was reading an article recently. Um, sociologists are studying uh, Gen Z and um, the upcoming generations, and more than any other generations that have gone before, there's less and less hope. Less and less hope, more and more nihilism and more and more um, hopelessness. But we need hope. We need hope. Hope helps us press on. Uh, I've heard the illustration before. Just imagine that I gave two people the same job to do, and it's a really boring job. Screw part A onto part B. Repeat it over and over again, 10 hours a day, every day of the year. Screw part A onto part B. Two people, get that job. Pretty boring job. But to the first person I say, do this job, and at the end of the year, I'm going to give you $10,000. To the second person I say, do this job, at the end of the year, I'm going to give you a billion dollars. Now, I guarantee you that that second person is going to be much more motivated, aren't they? 
Same job, same conditions. But there's something about hope. There's something about hope that pushes you forward, brings you through. And in our world, there, of course, there's pain. Of course, there's heartache. Of course, there's suffering. And what we need is, is hope to carry us through. Well, that's what this passage says that we have. Hope. A hope of this inheritance. Now, you need to know, when the Bible uses the word hope, it uses it differently to the way we normally use it. When we normally use the word hope, we say something like, I really hope I get Taylor Swift tickets. By which we mean, I really want Taylor Swift tickets, but I may not get them. So I hope that I will. Now that's the opposite of what the Bible means. And whenever you see the word hope in the Bible, it means something that's certain. It means something that's guaranteed. It, it means something you can build your life on. That is the Christian hope. A rock-solid guarantee. And so to be a Christian is to have hope. It's a hope that nothing else can give you. Because we believe there's, there's more to our future than just dying and rotting in the grave. Now, if you are here and, and maybe you don't believe in a God or that there's anything bigger than the here and now, now I'm not saying that only Christians have a meaningful life. You can still live a meaningful life uh, without believing in a God. But I would suggest that it's, it's inconsistent, actually, with your worldview. Because if you truly believe that all we are are DNA and bags of cells and this world is all that there is, I'd suggest that it's actually inconsistent that there is the hope and meaning that you say that you have. But as wonderful as Christians, we have a hope of eternal life and it shapes our life now. It gives our life now meaning and purpose and Joy. It's our hope of our inheritance. I love 1 Peter chapter 1. It's up on the screen. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance is that word inheritance. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. That's hope. How do you get this inheritance? Well, it's there in the passage. It's verse 13, the next verse. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. That word gospel there, it just means good news. Good news, that's what gospel means. Christians believe in the gospel. Good news. Now, it's not good advice. It's not good advice. Many people have the opinion that 
Christians just believe in good advice. You know, here's the things you need to do to get to heaven. Here's how you live a good life so that God accepts you. Good advice. We don't believe in good advice. It's good news. Because it's not something that we're doing. It's the news of what God has done. It's the news that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. The good news is that God wants a relationship with us and wants to rescue us from our sin and our failings. It's the best news. It's news. It's news that brings salvation. That's why it says the gospel of your salvation. It's talking about news that saves. It's news that rescues. It's news that transforms. And it's news we need to hear. That's what it says there, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel. There's this line that sometimes goes around Christian churches, which is that what we need to do as Christians, if we want to kind of reach people and share the good news, is we don't really need to use words. We, we just kind of need to show Jesus in our actions. So live godly lives. People will see our actions and... and become Christians through that. There's a lot of truth to that. Really important as Christians that we are, we don't want to be hypocrites. We want to practice what we preach. We want to shine Jesus to the world through our lives and our actions. And, and people, of course, will be drawn. Many people have become Christians by seeing someone's life and going, they're different. What, what is that about them? But actually, you need to also use words. The gospel needs to be proclaimed because it's news. They need to hear. Hearing when they come to church and hear the good news, hearing through us as we go out and share Jesus with our friends and family. People need to hear it. And so if you're here tonight... And you're hearing about all this inheritance stuff and this hope. And you think, yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that hope. I'd like that inheritance. Can I invite you to respond to the good news? To trust Jesus. Maybe you've always thought that Christianity was just good, news, good advice. Maybe that's your impression that you always got. Christianity was just good advice. Here's how you live. Here's how you be a good person. It is good news. It's what Jesus has done. I encourage you to come to Christianity Explored on Tuesday. Investigate who Jesus is and trust him. Because all of the blessings, these spiritual blessings we've looked at, and the hope of eternal life and being an heir of all of that, it is on offer to you. If only you believe. That's the blessing. We're heirs. But how do we know we're going to get it? That's our second point. We are sealed with the Spirit. 
We're heirs of Christ and we are sealed by the Spirit. Uh, There was an article in the City Morning Herald recently saying that there are, what's basically starting to happen is the baby boomer generation is starting to pass on their wealth to their children. The baby boomer generation are starting to pass on their inheritance to their kids. And the boomers are the most wealthy generation that has ever lived. So over the next 20 years, the baby boomers pass away. More people are going to inherit money and property than ever before. This includes the richest of the rich. Um, What did I read? It was... Uh, the UBS Bank says there are a thousand billionaires that are expected to pass down eight trillion dollars over the next 20 years. But here's the thing, here's what the lawyers are saying. Because of this, there's going to be more legal battles than ever before. And apparently it's already started. There are, the legal battles are already increasing. People who, they get their inheritance and they go, what the, I've been ripped off. I only got, you know, one-fifth of the inheritance. I thought I was going to get a third. I thought I was going to get that in the will. Come on. And, and these legal fights have started already. And the lawyers are saying, over the next 20 years, it's going to skyrocket. Well, how wonderful is it that when it comes to our inheritance, we do not have to be worried about getting ripped off. We don't have to be worried that we're going to get to heaven and find out that we've missed out. Find out that the inheritance we thought we were going to get, we're not getting. We're not going to get to heaven and, and, and look at the Christian next to us and go, well, how come they inherit all that and I'm just getting this? God is never going to wake up in the morning and go, oh, Maybe I change my mind. Maybe I don't love you anymore. Maybe I'm not going to give you that inheritance anymore. No. It is secure. We don't have to be anxious because it is sealed by the Spirit. Look halfway through verse 13 and see what it says there. It says, When you believed... You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When you became a Christian, you received God's Holy Spirit. The promised Holy Spirit is how it's described there. Throughout the Old Testament, there were promises that God would come to dwell with his people. And that promise is fulfilled because if you're a Christian, you have God dwelling in you. You have the Holy Spirit transforming you, empowering you, comforting you, changing you. When do you get the Holy Spirit? There's a a real false teaching out there often called second baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the idea that you become a Christian, but you've actually got to get the Holy Spirit at a later point. You know, you become a Christian, but not every Christian 
has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. There's some Christians that haven't yet received the Holy Spirit in that way, and they've got to pray for the Holy Spirit at a later time. Let's say it is so wrong. Because look what it says there in this verse. Verse 13, it says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The moment you became a Christian, God dwelt in you. In fact, even before you became a Christian, God was working in your heart to bring you to him. There is no Christian that does not have the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is described here as a seal. This is not talking about something you see in a zoo, not that kind of seal. Uh, It's talking about you know, ancient times, you know, a king might send a letter and put a wax seal on it or an edict put a seal on there, kind of like what a signature would be today, a modern-day signature. What does a seal do? What does it mean for the Holy Spirit to do this seal? Well, firstly, the, spirit, the seal shows that you, as a Christian, are genuine. You truly are a Christian, you truly are saved. You know those uh, dodgy knockoff brands that you see? Um, you see them at markets or something like that. There's an example, Abadas. And, uh, you know, you see these and, oh, we're going to Chanel. There's a Chanel handbag. Oh, this is my favorite one, the next one. <laughs> Dave's soap. And you see these things and and they're trying to look legit. They're trying to look like the real deal. But you look at the seal, you look at the logo, you look at the imprint, and you say, oh, it's not, that's not legit. That's just Dave soap, not Dove soap. When you get the seal of the Holy Spirit on you, when you're sealed by the Spirit, it is showing, it is, is that seal saying, you are authentic, you are You are saved. If you believe in Jesus and trust him, that's because of the Spirit. If the Spirit is at work in your life and, and growing you or, or, or causing you to want to live for him, that, that's the sign that the Spirit is in you, that you are a genuine follower of Christ. Not just that, but a seal shows you belong. In the ancient world, cattle would be you know, sealed with a branding iron. <laughs> to show that, you know, that's, that's my cow. <laughs> and that's kind of like what's going on here. A seal, it, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You belong to God. You are his. You are his child. You are saved. It, it, it's a beautiful thing. It gives us such comfort, doesn't it? Such comfort knowing we are known, we are safe. We are loved. Romans chapter 8 says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. You are a child an heir of God. 
But the Spirit is also described in another way, verse 14. He's described as a deposit. A deposit. If you ever go buy a car, probably what will happen, the car's probably not in, might be in stock, but normally you, you put down a deposit. You put down a down payment, maybe $1,000 or 10% or something, and you walk out of there and you have your receipt, your receipt of your deposit. It means you know somewhere out there in the world there is a car with your name on it. There is a car that is coming for you to be in your possession. You haven't got it yet, but you know you're going to get it because you've paid the deposit. You've paid the down payment. You've got the evidence of it, the receipt. What does it mean that the Spirit is your deposit? The Spirit is is the, the guarantee, the down payment that your inheritance is coming, that eternal life is yours. It's coming because the down payment, you have it. You have the Holy Spirit. That's the security you have, the confidence you have, the security that you have, that you're safe, that you're kept that God is holding on to you because you have him in your hearts. It's actually more amazing than that. It's more amazing than that because when it says that the Holy Spirit is a deposit, it's actually saying, okay, our inheritance is coming, but we get to experience our inheritance now. Our inheritance is in the future, eternal life, but, but because of the Holy Spirit, even now we get a sneak peek of what is to come. We enjoy life with Jesus, with the Spirit now, and it is a glimpse, a foretaste of our future. When the Holy Spirit comforts you in the hardest moments of your life, That is a sneak peek of the eternal comfort you will have for eternity. When the Spirit empowers you and you're wonderfully used by God, that is a glimpse of what is to come. When the Spirit gave you great joy and freedom when you became a Christian, that is a glimpse, a foretaste of the freedom of your future. When you worship God and the Spirit fills you with awe, that's a sneak peek of the awe that you will experience when you worship Jesus for eternity. our down payment, our deposits. You belong to God. Your future is secure, signed, sealed, delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. Well, I've loved spending the last few weeks looking at this incredible section, verse 3 to verse 14, all of these blessings. And you know, there's only one right response. There's only one right response to all the ways God has blessed us. It is praise. It's praise. That's exactly what the passage says over and over again. Jump back up to verse 3. 
This section starts, verse 3, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Jump down to verse 6. We've been adopted to the praise of his glorious grace. Jump down to verse 12. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And down in verse 14. We have the Holy Spirit, our deposit, to the praise of his glory. Praise, praise. That is the only response. That is why God has blessed us, to bring himself praise. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, hang on, that sounds pretty egotistical of God. That sounds like God is pretty full of himself, that he wants people to praise him. And you're right, if any of us wanted praise for ourselves, yeah, we'd we'd be pretty proud. But God is the only being for whom it's, it's not proud to want praise because he really deserves it. He made all things. He holds all things in his hands. And we were made to praise him. And it's the only response We praise him when we gather as a church. But actually, we we, we praise him throughout our week. We live our lives to the praise of his glory. Charles Wesley, he was once asked, if you found out Jesus was coming back in 24 hours, how would you live the next 24 hours? What would you do? And his answer was, I suppose I'd just do what I was already planning to do. I'm going out to dinner with some friends tonight, so I'll meet them and maybe have an early night and wake up in the morning and see what the day brings. And his point is, actually, all of our life, we live to the praise and glory of God. When you close that business deal this week, to the praise of his glory, as you sit in that lecture, to the praise of his glory. When you clean the toilet, to the praise of his glory. When you brush your teeth, to the praise of his glory. When you're at the pub with your friends, to the praise of his glorious grace. It's almost like we need a little sign to the praise of his glory. We stick it on our in our car when we're waiting in traffic. We stick it in our bathroom. We stick it everywhere because that's our life in everything we do. We have been blessed so much. Chosen. Adopted. Redeemed. Set free. Forgiven. Given an inheritance sealed with the Spirit, the only response is to worship Him and with great joy offer our lives in praise. We're going to do that together now as we sing, but first let me lead us in prayer as the band comes up. Praise be to you, God and Father. For you have blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Jesus.
were we to list all the ways you've blessed us. There'd be too many to count. We thank you for the blessings we've seen tonight. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, that we are safe, that we are kept, that we are yours. And we thank you for our great inheritance, for our hope of eternal life kept for us, sealed and guaranteed, rock solid. To you belong all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.